Hi, everyone. This is Imelda, Grateful Compulsive Overeater in Recovery, just one day at a time. And, um, yeah, as you heard me say that, uh, this totally got me off guard. Um, I knew I had, I'm scheduled to, to do this in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I was sitting just relaxed on the couch before I, I head out and um, do service, you know, outside the rooms. And um, so I thought, you know, I'm going to participate this week on the 100-pounders and and uh, read the 12 steps at least. Um, so I got to do that. And um, so <clears throat> I'm going to quickly share about what my life was like before um, in the past. And I know I've shared this. Hello, I need some help. I'm on a little wooden crane and I'm being attacked by gargoyles. Can anyone recommend anything for that? All right. I got my kid with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was all over the place. Um, you know, I, I kept... Uh, it's It's very exhausting. Uh, looking back, um, doing life without program, uh, <clears throat> it's very exhausting. It's kind of like they say, the hamster on the wheel. And, you know, I was always wishing and hoping that maybe someday it might just be my chance or when is it going to be my chance, you know, or just to feel like, gosh, you know, I I scored one. You know, it's like, oh, I finally, I, I did something for myself. Um, but... There's a lot of background noise, so I don't know where that's coming from. But um, but it was almost, it's impossible. It's impossible to do life without my higher power. Um, I need my higher power in my life to sustain, and that's daily and throughout the day. Um, I played God. Um, it's like in, in my life, in my disease, I would walk around like, well, don't you know who, who I am? I'm Imelda Torres. That's who I am. You respect me, and you do what I say. And I always wanted to to call call the shots, and I did, because in 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 many of my um, the jobs that I had, I was the boss. I had people under me, so that was my demeanor. And um, and so I I excelled at that very very well. However, people praised me and they looked up to me and what have you, but that's not how I felt about myself because I would turn to food. It was very exhausting. I never felt good about myself. I didn't see what people saw in me. I just didn't. It, it, I, I didn't feel it. I just didn't feel it. I was good enough. I wasn't, I wasn't doing good enough. And, um, and because I was told you could do better, and it's, it's very hard, you know. Um, and so moving forward, um, you know, I just kept cropping up in weight. It was just getting worse and worse. Um, when I got married, I was probably a size 24, 26, so I wasn't small. And um, I got married, and then... Um, he was a problem. He was always a problem but me. Him and my mother-in-law. And I was always pointing fingers. And I had several sister-in-laws at the time. And it was just a huge family on his side. So it was all of them but me. I always had something to say about them. 
And um, so it was everybody but Imelda, you know. And um, coming to program, well, little did I know what I was in for. You know, I was really in for a big uh, surprise, very big surprise, because the only reason I came in at 366, and that wasn't my top weight. I was I got to 436. But when I came into the rooms at 366, um, well, I just came in just to lose weight. That was that was the only reason why I came and why I kept coming back because I was just curious because it took me a little while to get a sponsor. And when I did, it was probably like three months in that I got up. And at that time, you know, all the rooms were open. And I was going to Long Beach. I'm in California to Long Beach. And that meeting became my whole meeting Friday nights. It was in a basement downstairs um, in a church. And I always used to sit in the pew, pew, I think it's called, the bench, because I was, I was fearful to sit on the folding chairs because, well, I might break one. I didn't feel safe. So I was the only one that sat at that bench, and from far I could see the speaker up at the at the podium. And it was a decent-sized meeting. It was an hour and a half. We would get 10-minute break. And uh, finally, you know, um, I, I about three months later, I went up to someone and asked them, you know, would you sponsor me? And she said, yeah. And she was my very first sponsor. And... Um, and then she'd have, like, meetings, like we would have one, I think it was once or twice a week at her home with her other sponsees, and we would read the big book. And I had my daily assignments, and it was the same thing. Um, you know, it was, it was always a sponsor. I always would find something about a sponsor. It just kept bouncing back and forth from one to the other. And it was because this sponsor said this to me or that sponsor didn't say that and or could have done this or um, always something, you know. And so, but I, I would keep working it some way, in some shape or form, I would keep working it. And I worked it different ways with different sponsors out of the workbook, the OE workbook, the older one, the brown one, and out of the old older books, the second edition, the 12 and 12. Um, I'd work with a sponsor that was out of the big book and the 12 and 12. It was just different. And sure, I was dropping weight, but think about it. Back then, my still my main focus was the physical, and I thrived there. I mean, I my the, the physical recovery was was obvious, you know. I was attraction, and I worked on the, on the on the spiritual and the emotional too. But my my physical was the strongest, and I got to maintenance weight. So I went from a size thirty four that I was at one time at my highest to a size ten. And let me tell you, um, being up there when you're up there in that high up in in weight, it's not fun. It's painful. Physically, emotionally, it's painful all around because it, it really steals, it really robs you from participating in life, from being part of life, enjoying life, doing life. It hindered me, you know, um, participating in life. You know, the rejection, the discrimination, the, um, the criticizing, um, not accepting you, um, a lot of things. It's painful. 
It really is. And, you know, um, I live out here in L.A. In L.A., come on, you know, I'm not far from Hollywood, so it's all about Botox and this and that and looking good and what have you, you know. We expose ourselves a lot over here. Not that they don't, I'm sure, in other states, but that's society. And I couldn't be a part of, you know. Um, it's It's just, it could just really be a cruel world. You know, um, how I was perceived with someone that didn't belong on this planet. And so I used to do a lot of my life at night because I just felt a little more safer, a lot, of iso- a lot of isolating. So to fast forward, you know, uh, many of you know that I came back from a, from a, from a, hard re- from a relapse. I started to, um, my relapse began right before, um, well, before the pandemic. It was that year of the pandemic. Um, Imelda took off to Cancun for 10 days. You know, I was already in relapse. That's relapse for me. And, um, and I took off, you know, and I enjoyed myself. I was from island to island. And, um, and, and yeah, it was just me and my aunt. And I came back, and I came back, I don't know, I was probably like at 210, something like that, probably at 210. So, um, you know, my, my older clothes wasn't fitting. I was feeling uncomfortable. I was feeling miserable, really ugly. My self-esteem, of course, is affected. I don't feel as, as confident. Um, and, 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 yeah, you know, just not comfortable in my own skin. And I lost sight of my higher power. I lost sight. And uh, what happens is that I start to feel very irritable and discontent. And I'm engaging in a lot of arguments, you know. And um, things were happening then. You know, my car broke. My brother was dying of cancer. I saw that. I saw him pass in front of my eyes as he was transitioning into the next life. And things were just happening. It just almost felt like it was happening back to back. I felt like, God, you know. So what do I know to do that I'm very familiar with? It's turn to food. That's what's comforting to me. That's what slows me down, you know. And um, I was in relapse. And what happens is that the more I keep engaging in that, I, I start to move farther away from the center and it gets harder for me to get come back to the center because the disease is coming on stronger and stronger you know it's like a magnet it starts to feel like a magnet that even if I want to come to the center it pulls me it's very powerful and this time around it took me to a deeper level that I had never seen before I thought I had hit bottoms before but I was told one time years ago by an OAAA guy, older guy than me, he told me one time, you'll know, and he tapped me on the back, that I'll know when I hit bottom. Yeah, it took me years, and now I know what bottom is. It took me to a very dark place. And I don't wish that on anybody. I don't feel you have to hit bottom to have recovery. But for many, and like myself, that's what it took that gift of desperation because coming back this time I embraced recovery at a much deeper level why 
because it also affected my health. I came back with high blood pressure. I came back with 150 pounds weight gain. I came back with depression. I came back with, I destroyed my relationship with my mother, with my siblings, you name it. That's what it looks like when you're in relapse, when the disease now took over, you know, when you don't have program, when you don't have structure, when you don't have discipline. That's what it looks, it's ugly. And, and you're an ugly person. You feel ugly. And that's just what you give off is ugliness because everybody bothers me. And so, um, you know, I, that, that brought me to, to the to desperation. I really didn't think I was going to make it back. But you know what? Uh, the doctors right away wanted to put me on uh, medication, and they told me that I was pre-diabetic. That's another one. For the first time, I was told that. And I said no to all of it. And that's when I called my sponsor and I told him I need help. And it brought me to humility. And I told him and I described to him what I was feeling, the loneliness, the, the depression. It was just on me, you know, that where, that where it was telling me, Imelda, you serve no purpose in life. Why go on when it starts to talk to you like that? It never had before. But that's how far it took me where I met my match. Because Imelda kept playing around. Basically, that's what I was doing, is that I kept playing around and underestimating the disease until they kicked my ass. And I came back mangled and desperate. Now I was desperate and willing to take it to any length because it scared me. And he told me, you know what? He said, I sponsor no different. You know the drill. And I said, fine. And I and I just started to follow directions since then, just doing it one day at a time. He said, you know, you're not going to negotiate because he has sponsored me in the past. And, you know, I always have something to say, right? I always want to be part of the solution because, again, don't you know who I am? So, um, And so he began to sponsor me. You know, he said, you're going to start from the doctor's opinion and you're going to read five pages daily. I want you to read and highlight. And I want you to write. I want you to send me your writing and tell me how you see yourself in that writing. How do you identify in? How do you resonate with what you just read? How do you see yourself in it? And to do outreach calls, um, do service and check in with him and report my food. So I abstain from sugar and white flour. I do three meals, nothing in between. It's that simple. Well, oh, my God, you know, I started to do it one day at a time. And he told me, you're going to feel things. He said, because basically what's happening, you're detoxing. It's like any other addict. You're detoxing. You're getting it out of your system. He said, before you make that decision of wanting to break your abstinence, you call me. But you don't take it upon yourself. He said, and you could call me and tell me off. He said, call me. And I did. I had to one time. And um, I remember that one time, you know, I I, um, I was so frustrated. And, Five minutes, um, reminder. Thank you. And he had to raise his voice at me. And um, where he had to slow me down and tell me, you know what? He said, I don't. you don't disrespect me like that. But that's what it looks like when you're feeling things and you're detoxing and you're doing without your substance, without sugar, because that's 
sugar is like cocaine. If you never had drugs, then you probably won't know what it is. But if you've had a touch of it, it's it's it, it's another high. And so people don't take that seriously. And so um, and so you know, I began to feel things. You know, that's just what I was feeling, and that's what I'm supposed to feel. Now I'm doing life because in times of stress and need, I turn to God, not sugar. It's God because God is bigger than food. And um, so when I came back, my desire to stop this was so big. It was so big that I was just willing to do anything, to go to any length. What is going to any length be, is to me is just following direction and, and staying out of the way and just doing it just one day at a time and there's no negotiating, you know. And, um, and so I just began to do that just one day at a time. And, and he told me it's going to get better. And it has. When I came to my fourth step, you know, that was a big one, you know. And um, it was so thorough because um, I did it out of the big book and out of the 12 and 12 AA. And I've taken inventories in the past, but, man, for some reason, I know I was overdue. But also, too, just this way of doing it was another one that kicked my butt, you know. And it kicked my butt so bad that when I did my fifth step, I was just crying and crying. And it was a good cleansing. I needed it. And it just like, you know, I just felt the freedom. Like, boy, I didn't care anymore what people think of me, you know. I used to always want to be in the box, you know, like um, be accepted and then, you know, later in the years, oh, you know, step out of the box. You know, and then when I did my fifth step, it was like, the heck with the box. There is no such thing of a box. That box was always in my head. And that's the worst prison I realized that I could be in was in my own head and that most of my weight was in my head. A lot of it was in my head. And after that, you know, um, all the rest of the steps, um, just I just kept moving. Just keep moving. But it started with step three, where I had to take that one very seriously, making a decision. Because all my life, I've done a lot of, I made a lot of decisions and a lot of bad ones. So when I got done with step three, I asked my sponsor, can I do it over? And he said yes, and I'm glad he did, because you know what? A lot of people can say, oh, I made the decision. Well, yeah, you can make the, de the decision, but it doesn't mean you're going to take the action. So I'm glad that I took step three two times and that allowed me to just get just keep going and to keep trusting the process and trusting my sponsor because that's one thing also too he told me from the start I need you to trust me because if you don't trust me all bets are off that's it and so uh, my relationship with him has gotten so much stronger I trust him when I talk to him there are no censors I'm very open to him I don't stutter or anything like that um and he had told me that, too, at the beginning, that, that he was going to remember this, the time that I, I just, like, went off on him at the very beginning, at step one, you know, when I was just feeling a lot of things. So when step eight came and step nine, um, I was ready. 
you know, I didn't hesitate. I knew that I just felt like that was another hump to get over, and so be it. So I did. But I, I know today that in all the steps, and even today where I'm at today, I think is 394 days abstinence, um, and I'm going to be starting step 11. It's been a healing process. At the very beginning, I wanted to move through the steps quickly because I'm an addict. I don't like to fill things, right? I want to get done in two weeks. But you know what? <clears throat> the obsession's been lifted since so, since a few steps back, and now it's I just I just keep moving. There's no rush. There's no rush. So I'm very glad where I'm at today. You know, on all three levels, I'm in a much better place. You know, I have released. I what is it like a hundred pounds? The last time I, I weighed, and um, but emotion, emotionally and spiritually, which emotionally is up there with spiritual, um, it's so, so much better because the weight's not even a concern anymore, the physical part. It's about my higher power. That's what it's all about, really. So anyways, uh, that's my take on that. My contact number is 626-205-8617. Pacific time, you can call or text. Thank you. I'll pass.